Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for week number of the College Football Betting Breakdown Show, courtesy of Scores and Odds. I'm going to be your host, per usual, Sean, PSU fans, to Newsham, and joining me is my usual co-host, Alex, fear of my turtle, Harden. Alex, how is it going on this lovely Monday? We are actually recording a bit early to try to get you guys a bit more of the information earlier in the week this time. Yeah, definitely be a, a first look show this week. Um, last week was pretty good, uh, two and one for me, slow climb back to 500. I think I gained a game on you. Um, so just a quick recap of last week, I had Ohio State minus 28 over Iowa. They won by 44 in a game that was, wow, not very close at all. Iowa's defense was the only uh, side of the ball that scored for them, um, scored a touchdown. Um, had Bama minus 21 against Mississippi State. That was a, a pretty solid win with Mississippi State only scoring on the very last play. And then did have Kansas State TCU under, and it definitely played over and that was due to a lot of big plays in the first half which we knew that was a possibility with those two teams but two and one we'll take it how about you yeah i mean i we talked last week about on the show like i didn't i didn't know how i was was going to score the points and i mean the answer was pretty clear we just didn't talk about it was it's going to be either be defense or special teams they definitely weren't going to do it on offense and they sure did not do it on offense um but yeah they got their touchdown in on defense so for me i went one and two last week uh i think i was a bit unfortunate which i think you'll agree with uh Kansas State, I had plus three and a half against TCU, and they were pretty dominant in that game and then lost Adrian Martinez when they were up like multiple scores uh, and then just got destroyed from there because obviously big difference in quarterback play. I had Texas minus six and a half. They ended up losing to Oklahoma State. They should have won that game. Uh, Ewers was absolutely atrocious, though, in that game. But looked like that was going to be something I would sail too easily, but didn't happen then. LSU had minus one and a half versus Ole Miss. They easily won that game. I thought that was going to be a struggle, but they ended up gliding away. So what's your thoughts on the Kansas State-TCU game? Yeah, I mean, the theme continues of TCU just knocking out opposing quarterbacks. I think it's been like five games in a row, and they knocked out Will Howard, I believe, too, for at least a bit. They did. So um, (laughs) I'm not sure if this is something on purpose, but it's uh, definitely been a trend, and um, it's definitely helping them continue their undefeated season. So. Yeah, it's a lot easier to win games and cover spreads when you are not playing against the opposing team's uh, quarterback. So yeah, I mean the only the only really dirty one was the Dylan Gabriel shot, yes, I believe, of the bunch. But I mean, we're seeing a trend with a lot of these, a lot of injuries this season. And like I know we've talked, especially with quarterbacks, it's with them sliding, like they're sliding with like their head back, and it's just like setting them up for concussions and, and getting knocked out of game. We've seen that several times this year. For sure. All right, guys, if you guys are watching, we would really appreciate if you smash the like and subscribe button. We are going to get going here with week number nine. We're going to start out on Thursday. There's no games up until Thursday this week, so we're starting there. We're going to start with Utah, minus seven and a half against Washington State. 
I'm going to stick away from this game. Um, I'm not happy with what Utah has been doing. I, I just don't understand what they're doing with Tavian Thomas. Um, I don't know how often you can just feed the ball to Kincaid like they did the previous week. And they just have questions for me with, with Keith the out. And there's just a lot of concerns there. And I also don't think Washington State's that good. But uh, this game's probably going to be a stay away from me on Thursday night. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough spot for Utah traveling to Pullman. Definitely not the easiest place to play. And Utah's kind of winning games ugly. Um, it's too many points for me to side with Utah. And I don't feel comfortable taking Washington State side either. So it's definitely a, a stay away. But I like Utah to kind of find a way to win this game. I'm just not comfortable in them covering this number. Yeah, it's what's your thoughts with how Utah has been using Tavian Thomas? Because to me, it's just been a very weird utilization of him. I mean, it's pretty obvious something happened. Um, a couple games ago, he like tweeted out like the laughing emoji or something. Um, yeah, something happened and he, he didn't play a game. Then he's been worked back. It looked like he was going to get uh, back to his normal workload and then poof, it's gone again. So something's going on there. I think they're they're fine just using him sparingly. Um, Make him come back to bite him, though. Definitely. All right, next game, we got East Carolina against BYU. Our boy, Holden Aylers, got a nice win last week against uh, UCF. UCF looked abysmal in the game, um, and ECU looked pretty good. I like BYU here. I think BYU is quite a bit better of a team. They are getting healthier, so that is helpful. I just think that ECU is going to probably be on a bit of a letdown here. Um, I think that they are probably a decent-sized favorite or decent-sized underdog for me in this game. Games at BYU, it's a pretty decent distance. They obviously have to travel for this on a midweek game on a Friday. I guess it's not midweek, but the end of the week game on a Friday. Um, I think with BYU getting a little bit healthier, that I definitely lean BYU here. What's your thoughts? I think it's – I agree with you. It's a letdown spot for East Carolina. It's also a bounce-back spot for BYU. They went to Liberty and lost 41-14 to last week. Like, I don't know how you get blown out by Liberty like that. So – I think BYU is going to definitely bounce back a bit this week at home. And East Carolina is coming off a nice win against UCF, traveling across country. Seems like kind of a, a rough travel letdown spot. So you're getting a BYU at a pretty good number, in my opinion. So definitely like the, the minus three. Yeah, it, it seems like just a pretty good number to look at. So I, I tend to like that. All right, next game, we have Ohio State traveling to Happy Valley to face my Nittany Lions. Final showdown for Penn State on the season here. If they lose, season is definitely over if they win. I was actually talking to someone today uh, about college football and how it's just kind of like the Penn State fan base is upset when you go 10-2, and two, which I understand and also don't because it's a good it's a good season. 10-2 is a good season. If you win 10 games, 11 with a bowl, like that's, that's typically a good season. The issue is, is that the idea in college football is to win a national championship. In order to win the national championship, you have to play in the playoff. As soon as you lose two games, you are not playing the playoff, unless you are Georgia or Alabama. Those are That's the only option. If you lose two games, realistically, you are not playing the playoff unless you are one of those teams. Yes, there may be a random spot elsewhere where that could happen, but it's realistically not happening. So I think that's where the sort of um, thought process comes, is that you just, once, you're see, once you can't make the playoff, your season is effectively over from a full-blown, your your goal of winning the national title cannot be there. Um, so that's my thoughts on that and uh, sort of my – I could go into a long rant on how the, the Big Ten is scheduled and how the Big Ten is set up, uh, not because of Penn State. I think Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are all just set up to fail because of how the, the current Big Ten is set up. But anyways, here we go. 
about this game. I think that Ohio State is a much better team. I think Ohio State is a dynamic offense. We saw Michigan absolutely abuse Penn State, uh, and they are not a dynamic offense. They are reliant on the run game and pounding you on the ground, and they did that. They shut Minnesota down, who does the exact same thing. So that was a good response, I thought, for Penn State. However, they are not going to see another defense this season that is as explosive offensively as Ohio State that can do things both on the air and the ground. I think Ohio State wins this game. Um, I don't want to take over two touchdowns at Happy Valley for Ohio State, though. So I will be staying away from this game. What's your thoughts here? actually kind of like Penn State in the points a bit here. And it's something that I'd wait and see if it could climb up to 17. Like, I think everyone's going to be all over Ohio State. And we've already seen some moves to opening at 14. At some places, it's up to 15 and a half. So if you can wait around and, and maybe get 16, 16 and a half, 17, I think that's a pretty good spot to be in. Um, Penn State, they're pretty good against the pass, even though they've allowed a lot of passing yardage. They, they've just allowed faced a lot of volume. Um, they're only six point yards, 6.0 yards per pass attempt. Uh, so that's pretty good. I'm more worried about them being able to stop the run game here and keep them off schedule to force some some tougher passing situations. But I think it's a, a pretty good environment for them, and it's a lot of points. So I, I would definitely side Penn State here. For sure. All right, next game. And I hope Penn State wins. I actually really want to go to that game. You and I were talking. I wish that I had less responsibilities on Saturday because I really just want to – drive to happy valley and watch that game um i would be much more into that if it was likely they were going to win the game but uh, if they were going to win the game or if they had a better shot at winning the game I, there's a good chance i would actually probably go to that game all right next game we go to tcu they travel to west virginia to face west virginia i think it's a pretty big letdown spot for tcu the issue for me here is west virginia has been so bad they got absolutely blown out last week they just look terrible so like I don't want to take TCU because I think this is a letdown spot. They continuously don't play against the starting quarterbacks for a full game, which we've talked about. Um, this spot, I just don't like either side. Like, I'm not comfortable taking West Virginia, and I don't think TCU is going to be up for this game at all. So what's your thoughts here? Yeah, West Virginia plays much better at home. Uh, TCU might want to consider not injuring the starting quarterback here since uh, JT Daniels has not looked that impressive at all. And he's at least like Garrett Green as their backup is a bit dynamic and run can run a bit. So maybe just not hurt JT Daniels and TCU will be a better, have a better chance to uh, continue their undefeated season. But in terms of like seven and a half in Morgantown, that, that's kind of a rough number to cover. Like TCU hasn't been the most dominant seven and no team. And I think the numbers, especially the advanced metrics bear that out. They're kind of just coasting by and this could be like a sneaky bump in the road for them. So um, similar to like the Utah game, it's just not a spot that I, I want to take the favorite. And I have so little confidence in the dog. I think the spread is about right about a touchdown. And I just don't see any value in, the, in that number. For sure. All right, next game, we get Florida traveling to Georgia to face the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, what is your thoughts here going to this one? I'll let you go first. Man, this is a spot where I just see, like, the the typical, like, uh, Anthony Richardson, like, sputtering offense spot. Like, I don't really see how he's going to get much going. Like, they have the athletes in the, the front and the linebacking court to keep them in check in terms of scrambles. And, like, I don't think he's going to be able to break down this defense with, like, multiple reads on, on like, passing routes or have the time to do such. So I, I don't think it bodes well for Florida at all. And on the flip side, like, their rushing defense has been atrocious, and Georgia's just going to pound the ball and just move it at will. So um, if I like any side here, siding with Georgia um, – 
for sure no interest in Florida. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I just I'm not taking Florida. They've looked too disastrous at times this season to, to me thinking that they will stay in this game. However, we've also seen it. Richardson look good. If Richardson looks good and comes to play in this game, I could see maybe something happening. He has that X factor that can sort of keep a game like this close. But, man, I'm not putting my hat on that because that's just not where I want to go at all. All right, going out west, we have Oregon against Cal. Uh, Oregon comes in around minus 15 and a half. You see it open at like 13 and a half. It's moved to like 16. I like Oregon here. Uh, I am a little bit concerned about a letdown game here. For Oregon, they looked really good against UCLA. And we've talked about it. Bo Nix looks good this year. Like, it's not just Bo Nix like, is winning games and they're just getting the job done. Like Bo Nix looks pretty good running the offense here for Oregon. Goes to show how terrible the Auburn offense was that he was put into. So um, I'm glad to see him having a bit of success because of what we were obviously expecting from his college career, and it just didn't happen. Um, so I would lean Oregon here. It's probably not a spot in which I would fully take it, though. So what's your thoughts here? Yeah, this continues the the theme of like dominant like road teams. Uh, you just not there's you don't see any value in this game. Like like or like Utah game. Yeah, that should be like a touchdown game. The Oregon game. Yeah, this should be like a two two touchdown or so game. So for me, like the spread seems correct. Um, and I don't really like laying that many points on the road off of a big home win for Oregon. So generally a stay around, a stay away, but I do agree. Bo Nix has looked uh, pretty good this season. For sure. All right. Next game, we go into what is pretty much the everyone's injured game. We have Oklahoma state uh, against Kansas state. It's pick them. As you see, it's moved a little bit towards Kansas state. I would probably be staying away from this right now. There's too many uncertainties, unless you are pretty sure of what you're going to get from uh the Adrian Martinez injury. If Adrian Martinez is out, I want Oklahoma State side. If he's in, I'd probably leave the Kansas State side. Uh, Don Richardson got injured last week for Oklahoma State. I know that you are a Don Richardson hater, but he was just pounding touchdowns in last week and then got injured. Uh, Spencer Sanders does not look the same to me. He looks way different than he did three or four weeks ago. Uh, watching the games, his arm strength just doesn't look what it was. His leg, just his mobility just looks off. So I think that he just is carrying around a lot of injuries right now for Oklahoma State. And I don't think it's going to stop here. And I don't think he, they can shut him down, obviously, because they're six and one uh, still fighting in terms of the season. So I will likely stay away from this game. What's your thoughts here? Yeah. Did the, the total in this game really move eight points? That doesn't seem, I need to look into that, but hey, it's showing at 57.5 it now. Did. Like that, well, that, yeah, it just might be something. It might be, it might be a visual bug. Just, yeah. My my thing with Oklahoma State is like, yeah, Spencer Sanders hasn't looked good, but they've been playing like these insane like shootout games all season long. Like Texas game 41-34, TCU game 43-40, Texas Tech 41-31, Baylor 36-25. Like, yeah, Oklahoma State kind of like plays slow and and Spencer Sanders doesn't look great, but like they have explosive plays and like so does Kansas State, like even without Amart. But and Deuce is nicked up too, but like these are just Oklahoma State's always find their way into like these high scoring shootouts. I think I might lean the over a bit, but beyond that, in terms of picking a side, like I'm I'm off right now. We need more information. I haven't seen anything on the Kansas State quarterbacks either. Agreed. Yeah, I think that we I need to see what the idea is with Amart and like what the overall idea is with that game. All right, next game we get to Kentucky versus Tennessee. Uh Tennessee is open at 11 and a half. You see it's up to around uh, 12 and a half, 13. I actually like Kentucky here. I think 
Uh, Kentucky getting 13 on DraftKings um, is pretty favorable to me here. Um, the reason for it is because Tennessee's defense is really bad. Kentucky's defense is really good. Kentucky's offense is not great. However, their offense is kind of set up to do well against bad defenses. Uh, their offenses give the ball to Chris Rodriguez. And that type of offense typically struggles against better teams, which is who Kentucky's been up against recently. But it's typically set up to do well against teams that struggle defensively, which Tennessee does. So I actually like Kentucky getting the points here because I think their offense is set up to do well against a poor Kentucky or a poor Tennessee defense. What is your thoughts on this one? I actually like the Tennessee side. I just think their offense is so dynamic and can spread out Kentucky, and it kind of nullifies the ways that they can shut down a typical college team, much in the way that like how Tennessee attacked Alabama. Um, I just they're just too dynamic on offense. And while Tennessee's poor defensively, they're much better against the run, which is what Kentucky is going to try to do. So looking at that 11 and a half number on Fandle, I like that. Um, And like even looking at like last year's game, uh, Tennessee had 316 passing yards versus Kentucky last year in 20 attempts, 15.8 yards per attempt, really high numbers. Like I just think that the passing game is going to be too much for Kentucky to handle. And Kentucky's going to have enough, enough drive stall out that they just won't be able to keep up with Tennessee scoring. So I'll be looking at that 11 and a half number on, on FanDuel. For sure. All right, next game, Michigan State at Michigan. Um, I think Michigan is a much better team. Michigan State struggles. However, Michigan State typically gets up for this game. Uh, that said, Michigan State is a usual pass funnel that just gets thrown all over. This year, they just stink. Their defense is just atrocious. They just start getting beat on the ground, beat in the air, have no offense to put up with that. So I like Michigan, but I am struggling a bit to take them because this is a rivalry game where Michigan State typically gets up for uh, and plays well regardless. So what's your thoughts here? Yeah, the number looks right to me, but I agree. Uh, Michigan State like wants to be a pass funnel defensively, but they're definitely in everything funnel this year. Um, J.J. McCarthy's look pretty good efficient for Michigan does make some mistakes occasionally, but this is going to be a situation where they're going to get his confidence up this game. Cause you see every game against Michigan state, it's just like pitch and catch like receivers are open by five yards and he'll be able to hit his guys, get a good, good, uh, good thing going. I think Ronnie bell could be uh, in line for a pretty big outing here, but yeah, I just see, I see Michigan rolling to a comfortable three touchdown win. I just don't, I don't see any value on 21, but I definitely would not be taking the dog here. Yep, agreed. All right, next game we have Baylor against Texas Tech. Uh, as you see, it opened at two and a half. It's still right around two and a half. Baylor looked really good last week. Uh, Baylor played an okay game. They should have probably ran the ball even more efficiently than they did and not try to pass the ball. I just don't love Shapen. I just don't think Shapen's the best. Uh, watching Richard Reese, though, Richard Reese looked great against Kansas. Quaylon Jones is not very good, but uh, Richard Reese is. So if they give the ball to Richard Reese 30 times, I think they have the idea. I just think Texas Tech is a bit better offensively and a bit more able to perform offensively. They finally went to Baron Morton, who is their best player. I am con- the best quarterback, in my opinion. I-, I am concerned they go back to Tyler Shook here. Uh, I do think we have- are done with Don Smith. I don't think they're going to go back to Don Smith. So what's your thoughts here on the Baylor-Texas Tech game? Um, I like the Baylor side a little bit. I like the three points on FanDuel. Um, everywhere else is two and a half. So if you're, if you're in line with my thinking, definitely bet this on FanDuel. Um, they're just a will, really well-rounded team. And I feel better about them showing up week to week as compared to Texas Tech. Um, 
I do. I mean, I like the. I'm a big fan of the Kitley offense that they they run. So it's nothing against Texas Tech. It's more of, uh, of just liking what Baylor's doing so far and being a more reliable team, in my opinion, at this point. But should be a pretty good game. All right, next game we have Pitt traveling to North Carolina to play North Carolina. And that North Carolina defense is freaking bad. They are absolutely terrible. This game should be a bit more explosive, uh, I think. So I actually like the over. I just don't see how Pitt struggles offensively. But the Pitt defense is not as good as what it's been in recent years. So I think May is going to be able to move the ball against the Pitt defense as well. So I currently like the over 63.5 more than I do a side in this game. So what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, can I interest you in like 35 Abanaconda touches versus North Carolina? It definitely um, feels very favorable for Abanaconda to put up a, a good stat line in that situation. Yeah, UNC is like one of the biggest splits between offense and defense. Like when you're looking at a metric like SP+, they're 12th in offense in the country and 105th on defense. Um, but they're still like 75% to win the Coastal Division, and which sets up a showdown versus likely Clemson and the ACC Championship. So UNC season's very much alive in terms of what their primary goals are likely. So um, they're definitely going to be invested here. I, I lean the UNC side, and I definitely agree on the over. I was expecting a number closer to like 68-70, really. Um, I need to do a little bit more digging on that one to see why, but um yeah definitely a game i'm considering attacking either through the north carolina side or the over for sure all right last game of the night that we're gonna look at stanford ucla by the way have you seen the the, there's just like constant tweets about the amount of fans at the games for ucla stanford teams like this and there's like more people in this show than there are at these games i feel bad because like it's out like some of the weather is like decent at these games and just nobody goes because no one cares at all yeah, like I'm thinking like a transfer like Caleb Williams, like going to USC, like all the fanfare with that. And then like you see like his opening game and there's literally like 1300 fans in the stadium. Like, how can you like get up for that? Like, it's it's just kind of embarrassing. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, terms- just, I mean, I, I saw there was a, there was one for the Stanford game last weekend. There was like 50 people in the stadium. It was bad. Uh, talking about the game, though, uh, Casey Filkins got hurt last week for Stanford, did not return to the game. Stanford, for whatever reason, turned into an air raid and they just threw the ball all game. It was, it was pretty crazy. Um, I think they're going to be able to move the ball here. I think that this is probably another game where I would be more uh, in line with touching the over than I would either side. I think UCLA is the much better team here, but. UCLA has some issues. They just aren't – they're not the best team. They're, they're solid, and they're more like Pac-12 good than they are actual good. But Stanford is also bad, and not just Pac-12 bad, but like bad. Uh, so I have concerns over how Stanford would keep this within 17 points. But I, I think the over is a better path here than uh, that side. What do you think? I like the UCLA side. And like, if you could find something on team total for UCLA, I definitely would be interested in that. I just, I think they're going to kind of bounce back after their loss last week. Uh, Stanford defense is terrible. Stanford can make the game kind of ugly. So I'm worried it's a situation on, in terms of the over that they won't be able to contribute towards that. So that's why I'd be interested in like Stanford line and their team total. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely can see the UCLA side. I would probably line, uh, lean UCLA if I was touching it, but I'm just sticking with it. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for all the games we're talking about today. Uh, again, if you guys are watching, we would really appreciate you guys smashing the like and subscribe button on YouTube. 
uh, it really helps us out. So we definitely appreciate that. Uh, quick overview going into the week nine bets. So I like BYU minus three versus ECU. I like Kentucky plus 13 versus Tennessee. And I like the over in the Pittsburgh UNC game at 63 and a half. So Alex, what three games do you like? I am going with uh, Penn State plus uh, 14 and a half. Um, Tennessee minus 11 and a half on FanDuel and UCLA minus 15 and a half on MGM. So those are my three bets. We actually have a negative middle setup uh, between how line how the, the betting is, Alex. If, if the Tennessee game ends at a 12-point win for Tennessee, we will both lose. Uh-oh. Yep. So definitely yeah, we're back on a side and giving Alex another chance to make up a game here uh, by going on the opposite side of him. I'm not playing it safe despite my lead against him on the season so far. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Good luck to you guys this weekend. We hope you get some good results. For Alex, I'm Sean. We'll see you guys next week. See you.